Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another episode. I'm your host, Stephen G. Gaxiola, and you are listening to The Raider and the Sin. chance to walk out that door right now. <laughs> That's a good one, Todd. Good! That's what I wanted to hear. Because in this silver slice I have in here are 1,984 ounces of beer. Golden, delicious beer. And no one leaves here until we finish every single last drop. My guest today... I, I met him through a, through the Cardboard Warrior podcast. I heard his interview. He is a local. Well, he's kind of local. He's from the high desert. I listened to his podcast. I thought he had an interesting story, so I came in contact with him, and now he's here. He was supposed to be in the studio, but once again, COVID conquered, and we had to switch to Zoom, so that's unfortunate, but we will get him in the studio as soon as possible. So once again... My guest today for episode 61 is a fourth generation UPSer. He's an artist. He's a singer of the group called Fatal Prophecy. He has a podcast called RJ Ryan, where he talks about politics. And last but not least, he is an adult film actor. Hopefully we can get to the adult film actor, but we'll see if we got time. Anyways, welcome to the show, my friend, Mr. Porno. Porno, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? Good, good, good. How you doing, my brother? It's going crazy over here. <laughs> yeah, I know. How did, yeah, I'm good, it, bro. Uh, Just uh, Thankfully, we uh, survived another peak season. How does it feel to have to quarantine and not be able to see your family this year? Uh, it sucks. Um But uh, fortunately, I guess it was for the good because uh, my uh two of my cousins and my uncle and my aunt, they uh, came down with it. So luckily we, um, we dodged that bullet because we were supposed to um, all gather up on Christmas Eve. And uh, yeah, you know, it didn't really pan out, but yeah, I wish them a speedy recovery. Their uh, symptoms look pretty, um, uh, pretty mild for right now, but you know, only time will tell, but you know, other than that, you know, it, you know, it sucked, but I got a, you know, a house full of animals and, you know, very loving, weird and interesting wife, you know, so we kept ourselves, um, <laughs> we, uh, we kept good company with ourselves. So we didn't, you know, it, it was fun nonetheless for the situation that we're in. So you said you lived in the high desert. Explain to the people what the high desert is, especially for people in California. I asked you earlier, I was like, where are you located? Apple Valley and we talked about where you live. What is there to do out there? Is it is it starting to grow with, with populations? Or, I mean, is it desert? When you say high desert, you're thinking you're up by the mountains and it's just desert. Yeah. Um, 
I won't uh, give the exact location. Um, I mean, I, that's yeah, why I always yeah. say the high desert, but uh, I do that just out of uh, safety purposes because, uh, you know, because, uh, you know, with my podcast, um, uh, just minor correction on the podcast, uh, it is uh, uh, Eat the Rich hosted by RJ Ryan, but that's all good. Oh, my bad. And, uh, <laughs> but, you know, we, uh, but, you know, and plus my wife uh, is just, oh, no, you're all good. Yeah, no, you're, you're all good, brother. But, um, but no, uh, my wife also, um, you know, just cause you know, she is a, an adult film actor and all that. And plus she's like in, uh, she's in the top, uh, 800 on Pornhub right now, but, um, she's almost been kidnapped like, uh, two or three times up here because people, uh, recognized her. So oh, man, I'm sorry. any social media. Yeah. But no, oh yeah. You know, but it's all good. You know, we, you know, we, we've dodged some shit, but, um, you know, I get death threats on my end because of my podcast. She gets death threats for on her end and me too. But that's why me and her always say like, well, we live somewhere, somewhere uh, where it's hot in California. Or we say, you know, we live in the high desert, but all I'll say is that we live somewhere out here in the boonies of the desert. But for the parts of the desert that are populated, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely growing. Uh, it is definitely growing. Um, you know, that's why there's a lot more, um, there's a lot more people coming up here now, uh, you know, because obviously, you know, the San Gabriel Valley and, you know, Los Angeles and all that, I mean, you know, the prices are going up and it's ridiculous, but, you know, if you go to the the desert or the mountains, you know, you're going to get yourself a pretty, you know, for your money's worth, you're going to get a pretty good house or an apartment or a condo. So yeah, but we've, um, we've been out here uh, out in the boonies uh, for about five years now. And um, you know, that's uh, when I was still a, uh, still a preloader and then uh, when I got off disability I'd, I'd already become a driver so it just went from there and you know we've just been saving up ever since but yeah the desert's definitely growing uh but um it's all but with growth comes a lot of crap you know because there's a lot of um you know there's a lot of gangsters that are retired or on the run that come out here so they're just kind of like all over the place and don't click with anybody you know it's like everyone out uh you know pretty much everyone for themselves for the most part yeah but um yeah, but yeah, I mean, you know, you got that. And you, did you move out like to the desert because of your for your safety? No, 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 no. We we moved out here because um, cheaper. I grew up. Um, I grew up on the outskirts of uh, of Vislos, um, towards like the uh, the Whittier area and and uh, uh, Pico. But I lived in the hills, and uh, you know, I was always around. Um, I was just always around nature, you know. So mm -hmm. when my mom uh when my mom and my grandma lost our house where we were we ended up we ended up moving down to the flatlands and it just for, you know it was just for us it was too crowded you know because me and my wife are kind of intro you know we're pretty introverted um i'm just more extroverted you know when i work you know professionally and all that when i'm doing shows but after that like I, we decided hey um we've never lived you know we've, we've lived in the hills we you know we've lived in the mountains but we've never lived in the desert why don't we try the desert i'm like Hey, fuck it. It's cheaper out there anyways. And the drive's only one hour to my hub. Like, fuck it. I'm down. And, you know, so yeah, came out here and, you know, been out here ever since. Talk a little bit about family life growing up as a fourth generation UPS -er. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's all I've ever known actually. Well, here and I, I actually uh, brought you since we're thankfully we we're able to do zoom, but, uh, probably some stuff to check out here. So out of four generations, I, I collect uh, UPS memorabilia. So uh, this little item right here is, um, is made out of uh, marble. Oh, okay. And I forget how, how much, uh, how many carats of gold this is, but um, 
this was given to my grandfather in uh, 1987 when he retired. So, and uh, that was in, I forget That's how cool. exact uh, years of service, I believe it. Yes, and there's a, uh, that my grandpa gave my grandmother. The gold this, watch. Uh, gold watch. They don't like give those 19... away no more. Check this out, though. There. Whoa. With uh, two 14-karat diamonds. Wow. But, uh, there's that. That's amazing. And then there's this. Oh, yeah, I got one of those. Uh, this was given to... Uh, Hundred years. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, I got one of those. Yeah, this one I just got for my. Uh... Yeah, you saw what it was. Uh, what it's made from, or uh, it was. Um, well, for the for your listeners, uh, for uh, UPS's one hundred year anniversary, they gave us um, uh, this metal bar that was pressed uh, from our air uh, from the airframe of a uh, a N nine zero seven UP, and that was the first um, aircraft in the uh, UPS fleet. So once they scrapped Whoa. them, they made these bars, and I and handed it out to um, us. But I, but I, uh, I didn't get one when I, when I, cause I was barely there for a couple months um, or about, I think like nine months actually. Dude, uh, I, I got mine. These I... were handed out. So I think. Hopefully I know where it's at. I gotta, I gotta look for it. Shit. We just redid the rooms too. And uh, I don't want to lose that one. And this is a, uh, this is uh, last but not least. Uh, this is actually um, this is from 1976. This is my grandfather's, and um, these were called derby jackets. I saw you wearing but that the other day on Instagram. It's an old school. Yeah, yeah, 1976. This uh, my my grandpa got this jacket, and this thing still sick, bro. Still works like a goddamn charm. Even and you could. Yeah, and you can just see how faded it is, dude. I mean, it's so old. I hate. <laughs> I hate yeah, every Christmas I wear. Um, I wear it uh, traditionally. I got a vest. Yeah, they where I put all my emblems, all the years of safe driving, all the years of. I should have. It's in my house. Maybe yep. I get a chance to run and grab it. But I have all the years of safe driving, all the years of, of me driving. You get you get a gold pin, and I put it on my vest. And they, when I bring it for peak season, I'll wear it. Actually, I didn't do it this year. Maybe I, maybe I'll do it this week. Uh, and they go, man, what are you? And I said, man, I'm a five star general. I put it up like if I'm in, a, like when I'm in the military or something. Yeah, I was just gonna say I do the same thing because I have, okay. uh, I have my pendant also. I do it on my jacket too. So I'm, I'm trying to collect also. But yeah, it's pretty much uh, I mean, practically the same thing that I do on my jacket. Did everything. You know, it's like a militant, you know, type of fashion here. And I even got my grandfather's uh, World War One uh, medal right here. Mm-hmm. Or World War Two medal, sorry. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I do the same shit. You know, it, it's like a little slight militant thing that's just like in me because you're know, just being raised by military people and shit. <laughs> How many but, years? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I do know my family's been – what's up? How many years have you been a driver? Been driving six years. And I'm, okay. I've uh, been, with the, and, uh, been with the company 14 years. Wow. Yeah, pretty oh, much. It took uh, eight almost eight years ago driving. Yeah, it took me eight years ago driving. Top of me, but yeah, I had dedication, man. I didn't care how long it took, you know. But yeah, it, when my number got called, I was like, "Fuck it, I'm out of here. I am out of the hub." Yeah, some people <laughs> they in our hub like two years. Like I see young kids now, like 21. Like, damn, dude, this yeah. kid is young, dude, and he's driving. How oh, you? I was in the hub two years. I'm like, fuck, I had to wait four years. They asked me. 
I wanted to finish college first. And once I finished, it was six years. And then I decided to go driving. So I waited. I, I could have gone at four and I waited to finish college. And then so six, but eight, man, that's a, that's a fucking, that's almost a decade, bro. Yeah, dude. I, I had mad patience, you know, but once my number was called, I was like, finally, you know, this is all I've ever wanted to do since I was five years old. You know, that's, you know, that's why I told um, uh, Dave, uh, from um, on the uh, on the delivery podcast, you know, when people uh, in our hubs will be like, yeah, you know, we bleed brown, you know, because Dave, he's a second generation driver. And me and him were just like, no, we bleed brown, bro. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, this, dude, this is all I've ever known, you know, because this it's it's been in my family since uh, 1951, you know, so, yeah, it's it pretty much, I mean, I always compare it to a, a kid growing up with a dad who, who's a firefighter, you know, and his dad before him was a firefighter. It's just like, you grow up with it. You just want to start doing it. You know, it's all mm. you've ever known. Yeah. I got my brother, my younger brother, I'm 40. My younger brother, I think he's 33. He's a driver. Yeah. He followed in my footsteps. Yeah. You know, I always say to, you know, you know, to the people in the preload, you know, they, they go early. I mean, it's like, you know, Hey, good for you, you know, for actually having the opportunity, but at the same time, it's like, dude, you got to spend a little bit of time in the hub to understand you know, not just like you're, you know, you know, lifting and lowering and all that stuff, you know, but also just the discipline and the mental discipline, you know, and like everything is by the numbers, you know, you got to be quick. And if you can handle a supervisor yelling at you, then you can handle a customer yelling at you, you know, you know you'll, you'll know how to handle it the proper way, mm-hmm. you know, being, being fast, at, you know, when unloading, being quick, you know, if you're in the small sort, you know, seeing, you know, knowing your zip codes, you know, getting, getting familiar with, um, you know, if there's like, if there's like two different zip codes for one area, cause it's so spread out knowing both zip codes and which way they go, mm. you know, so shit doesn't get left behind in the hub for the, you know, for the ones who did go after two years to pick up the scraps and then just go out there and be fed to the wolves. You know, it's, you, you have to have like, you have to have that discipline, you know, in you. So, I mean, for the ones who do it or get hired off the road, it's like, Hey, awesome. But it doesn't make you like the best driver, you know, because now you're going to get, you're going to be getting yelled at and have even more pressure put on you than you ever have before that you could have actually experienced in the hub, you can, know, and it's, you know, can, it's nerve wracking. I can agree with you on that because me growing up working in the hub, I started working at UPS when I was 18. I was always, I wanted to do more than just load a fucking 45 foot trailer or a 60 foot trailer, however long they were, mm-hmm. you know, I couldn't just do that for two, two trailers at night. You know, eventually I became a pick off, started picking off, but I got bored quick. I wanted to learn more of the operation. I wanted to, I wanted to move up and do other things. And UPS is great because it goes by seniority. So just because you come in, and you want to do something different. You can't mm-hmm. ask for it. You actually have to earn it. You earn it through uh, word of mouth. Like, hey, this yeah. guy's a good worker, but they also go by seniority. They said, hey, he's he's got six years, you know, put him up for the next position. So I was able, before I became a driver, I was able to be a hazmat responder. And then I became a hazmat auditor. Sure. Then I became a clerk. And I did all these within, a, you know, a few few years, what, six years in the hub. I did all those positions. Could I have done more? Yeah, I was in sword aisle. Yeah, I went to small sort for a few times. And yeah, I went to unload. I did all these things. But when I we did become a driver, all those learning how their operation works makes you feel like, Hey man, I'm part of a bigger operation. Now I'm in charge of getting these packages and I'm in charge of getting these packages out to my customers. You finally hit that one source where, Hey, everything I've learned has put me in this position to do what not just make money, but help people. 
to keep small businesses running, mm-hmm. to keep America going. We are we are the front line workers that people don't want to talk about. They don't even consider us essential, which is upsetting. I did, did a post on my Instagram the other day where I talked about what do you guys think? The new vaccine is coming out. UPS is delivering it. Shouldn't we be considered essential and give that option to drivers if they feel unsafe from COVID to be able to get these vaccine shots first? Yeah. You know, and see, and that's, you know, because that's the thing, man, because, you know, there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of other hubs, you know, like I said, or before uh, we started the podcast, you know, what we were discussing, from how I got recognized uh, for being fourth generation driver, um, you know the thing is, is that um, oh, oh god, yeah, I just lost my train of thought here. No, you're second. good, man. Uh, you're good. Yo, know, oh yeah, but you know, dude, we're on the front. I mean, dude, it's a, it's it's idea. You know, we're we're on the front line. You know, we're on the front line delivering this shit. You know, and at mm-hmm. the same time, or oh, this is where I was getting to. Uh, you know, hubs from the website that I'm on, dude, they, they give out notices saying, hey, if you have this on your truck, don't discuss it with your family. If you're on the phone, don't talk to your friends about it. You know, it's like, keep it hush hush because, you know, there are people out there who are literally like, oh, well, we're going to go jack that shit. There could be people on one side saying, oh, we're going to jack it and destroy it. There could be people on another side oh. be like, no, no, we, we, you know, let's jack it and just give it to our close, close people, you know? And it's like, dude, I'm sorry, but it's like, I mean, I pack, you know, two knives and a, a seven million volt taser every single day. And it's like, I wouldn't be doing yeah. that you know, if I didn't felt my life was a little bit in jeopardy here, you know? So it's like, guys, how the hell can you not call us essential workers? I mean, we are literally putting our lives on the line. I mean, and it's no, it's not like it's our first rodeo. It's a more violent rodeo, but you know, we're used to people following us in our trucks and we're used to every peak season, you know, where people are, you know, trying to get into our trucks and, you know, and for some being held at night point, gunpoint or being threatened, you know, I mean, we're used to it, but in this day and age with this, something this important going on and with, you know, I mean, with, with such a polarized country, it's like, Oh yeah, dude, this is very serious. You know, I mean, and for the fact for them not to consider us like, you know, essential, it's like, um, guys, you might want to like recheck, you know, the very definition of essential here, because, this is ridiculous. You know, I mean, hell, I mean, I mean, if I really want to be, you know, to push it even more further, it's like, dude, mm-hmm. back in, you know, you know, Nazi Germany or, or even communist Russia, you know, a, an essential teacher they felt was like, no, you're not essential. Get rid of them. It's like, why? You know, because like, oh, well, they actually helped the world. You know, they can, you know, but, and, but instead it's like, no, no, an essential worker is the one who uh, makes the bombs. An essential mm-hmm. worker is the one who delivers the bombs. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay, Okay, well, we were if like we were essential back then. How are we not essential now? Like, what, what mm-hmm. the fuck? <laughs> mm-hmm. Going back to this, the bomb. We're delivering the bomb. What is your take on the vaccine? This COVID vaccine. And for me, Fauci, um, you know, because he's a, uh, I mean, he's been there ever since. You know, the um, you know the AIDS crisis, and mm-hmm. you know, doing the studying on that and whatnot. And you know, people and let me do the main reason why the guy gets a bad rap is because what you know trump says so you know and then then you get you know i mean you know then you get people who go a little bit further and are just like no 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 you know they you know they're trying to like push us into communism and, and all this and that i'm like dude no they're not doing anything like that man like our grandparents actually went through way worse than this i mean we actually this is something very easy for us to tackle here 
you know, but because we've had incompetent leaders, you know, it's, you know, everything's polarizing. Now everything is down and back, and, you know, and it's ridiculous. But for me, I'll do when that thing. I mean, when that thing comes out, it's like, it's already been 90, uh, 95%, uh, uh, what is it, the uh, accurate um, the mortality rate of it or, or fucking what the hell is it not mortality rate uh, yeah it's a 95 percent you know just accurate you know and actually you know killing the damn thing off or at least slowing it down it's like hey dude i you know i trust science you know i mean i because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a big science you know from many different groups you know and i, and I like that you know because I, I find out more information instead of just trusting what someone says on the tv you know and plus mm-hmm. with me doing independent journalism for my podcast i have to go you know i actually have to go deeper and then debunk you know, these things and ask the right questions. I mean, dude, it's, mm-hmm. it's exhausting. I mean, it's, no, you have to, exhausting, you, you know, but to. I trust it, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. You, know, you I mean, have to, I have a know, buddy of mine. It. I mean, I, I trust, you know, yeah, I have a buddy of mine. Sorry to cut you off. It's uh we got a lag time over here. A, a buddy of mine. He, I was talking to him the other day about my podcast. He says, Hey man, you got to watch out who you have on your podcast because you don't want to have misleading information, which is true. I can agree. That's a lot of times when I do my podcast and I put when it asks me what what uh like like when they ask you what title is it is or what kind of what kind of uh genre or genre that's how however you say it. I put I type genre. in story yeah genre I type in storytelling. Mm. Because a lot of times I, the person comes on, I like to hear his opinion, but I don't know if it's facts unless I go and, and, and look it up. So I say a lot of times story time, we tell about our past, but when we're actually do, talking about something like the vaccines and COVID, we have to give information where, which you obviously are, where can we get information from, you know, and what can we do to learn more about COVID? And, and I, Hearing from you, I, I understand you're like me, dude. Like I believe in science. I believe that we have. That's why our kids go to school so they be- become scientists. Or just because we don't. This is the problem with people is they don't understand science. They understand Instagram and reading memes, but they don't understand basic exactly. science and how DNA and your molecules work. I don't either. I'm fucking retarded. Okay, I'm the dumbest guy ever. But yet I can sit here and tell you go. Physics, chemistry, if you went on to study those during college, like I'm a college graduate, I get it. I get where this whole goes to. We got people that are scientists that are actually making something and inventing something. If you think it's a conspiracy and it's all about taking your money and you're nothing but a battery, which I've said a million times in this podcast, then go ahead. No one's going to judge you. But in something that's happening around the world. And if it's one big conspiracy, then it's one big conspiracy. I've said it before and I'll say it again. We live in the matrix. But when you just take it from what it is and what we've done to create a vaccine, even if they've had it before, you know, sitting there, the fact that we have something that's going to help people from from getting sick and, and living in fear, man. People are scared of living in fear. I mean, look at how many small businesses are collapsing. People are losing their jobs. We don't have a bill that's that's signed because Donald Trump, Papa Trump, my buddy, calls go up, you know, wants to go golfing and not sign a paperwork where they said, Hey, we'll make it 2000 per citizen, per citizen, 4,000. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's holding the country hostage is what, what he's doing right now. Because I dig, you know, you could easily veto mm. the shit if you don't want to do it, but no, he's being an asshole. Mm. Yo, dude, he, you know, he's a sociopath, you know, sociopath for sure. Very narcissistic, but he also carries, um, a Machiavellian uh, type of um, 
uh, type of uh, personality trait to him as well. And that's what makes him, you know, very, very dangerous and why it makes seductive to many people. And as far as, you know, you know, as far as conspiracy theories go, because, you know, dude, I was, um, I, I mean, see, I grew up with conspiracy theories. I still have my books and all that, you know, from David Icke and, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Alex Jones at one time out. And, you know, but, you know, I've read these books and all that. And, you know, the doubt is that where it's more, not, not just the country is polarized, but even mindset of where we are is polarized because literally a group of people who believe in the, the conspiracies that are going on right now literally lead all the way back to almost like the 18 and like late 1800s and early and early 1900s of, consp- of multiple conspiracies that were just taken and grabbed and went this way and went that way, which is why none makes sense. But this is what I always say, because, you know, for people who want to believe in conspiracy theories, I love my weed. I love my alcohol. I love telling stories. I love hearing stories, you know, and so have our ancestors. But if you're going to take, but if you're really going to sit here and tell me, you know, oh, lizard people are controlling the country. It's like, dude, you got to give me a, you know, you know, a lot of proof. Yeah. I want to see a dead body. But there's, but there's one thing that, but if there's one thing, yeah, but you know, but if there's one thing that humans have in common, this is how it goes when it comes to conspiracy theorists, because it's really not that hard. Conspiracy theorists are pyridelia and apophenia, which is the, which to sum it up is the ability for humans to find patterns. And when they do that, you know, because that's something that we just now, patterns and things and it's just like oh hey whoa hey oh my god there, there's a dinosaur in the sky is there really a dinosaur in the sky no but you're using pareidolia the ability to see a pattern there then apophenia you're combining a some you're then you're combining something wait a minute it could be god maybe god's making that maybe god is giving me a sign you know and that's where people are getting shit wrong it's like guys stop doing that because when you do that then you get people like like the flat earth idiot, you know, or the people who say dinosaurs weren't real. I mean, shit like that. And it's like, you know, but when the thing is, though, is that they're not checked with anything that they talk about. So in mm. the end, you get a bunch of people who spout out a bunch of bullshit, mm. but make it seem like they are of intelligence. It's like, dude, no, all you're doing is cherry picking things. And then, you know, and just using that to what you know to whatever makes sense to you, but you're not looking at actual facts. You're not looking at actual data. You're not looking at the actual science. You're not doing any of that. And until you do, you're not going to understand the way the world works because in their mind, it's just like, no, there's someone out to get us. Well, I can understand where you're coming from to a point. I mean, humans are built for adventure. We want adventure. Mm-hmm. We're deep in mystery, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the way that humans work. I get it. You guys got to put a check on yourselves for God's sakes, you know? I mean, because in the end, you get people like Donald Trump and now look where we are because that's all he does is believe in conspiracy theories. It's like, dude, come on, <laughs> what, man. <laughs> what do you think about mainstream media, though? Or you think they're, they have a, you know, because back in the days, what, 1960s, 70s? The CIA was caught putting news reporters in the, the newsrooms. But who's to say they're not doing it again? I mean, you've seen YouTube videos of the reporters from all around the country repeating the same headliner. Like they're not even speaking like how we're speaking on the podcast. I'm not I don't have a script. I'm speaking from what I've experienced and what I see in front of me. I'm not reading a teleprompter telling me what to say like something like that could 
is that a possibility? I mean, is that are we are we considered people who think like that? That hey, we might as well believe in fucking reptilians and and Middle Earth. I would say, I would say this because I understand where the media repeats and repeats and repeats. This is why when I you know when I got into news and journalism and all that, there are two people who I admire. There's Walter Cronkite, and then there's Hunter S. Thompson. Hunter S. Thompson, okay. baby. You know, so the, those are the two main people that I that are like my biggest admirers to get to your, you know, I always said the day, the day the news died is when Walter Cronkite, you know, retired because he didn't do what the regular media does, whether it be cable media, whether it be um, a, a mainstream media, he didn't do what they do. They give you the news, mm-hmm. but then what do they do? they give you their own, you know, their own input. They give you their own ideas. They give you this nut. Understandably. So I can take that. I can, you know, because it, at the same time from journalists I've followed and from other people, they want to build like an established relationship with their, um, uh, you know, with, with their viewers and all that. I get it. I can the prop, but the proper thing is the way to handle it, to handle the news is to simply give the news. That's it. Just give mm-hmm. the news. Let us determine how we feel about it. And that's what Walter Cronkite did. You know, he gave you the news. That was it. Didn't give, didn't give any, any of his opinions, nothing like that. No, no little, you know, tongue in cheek things. Just gave you the news. Bam, done. Take it. How do you feel? And that's how people came to easy conclusions back then. But now we live in a world where, where the media is giving you their own shit. And their own personal points of views. So now, now we're new. So now we're accustomed to this. So now the fun part is like, okay, well, now which ones actually not just align? Because this is the, the way I like to do it. I like to find ones that don't align with me directly. I like the ones who align me, but also have a certain part of them that says, you know what? But um, I feel this way, but I'm the type of person that's like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, that's a discussion we need to talk about right there because I don't agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. You know, those are things that we need to, you know, start, you know, we need to start doing and actually, you know, learn to embrace, you know, things like that. It's like, it's okay to not have the exact same feeling and mindset as one person, because, you know, I, I, you know, I get it. You're in a group and all that. I, you know, that's why I a centrist. I'm in the middle. You know, some people would say a centrist is middle, right. Some will say it's middle left. A, a centrist points, a, a centrist point of view is literally just in the middle you look at the right you look at the left and you just come down to one conclusion mm-hmm. and you know because you need to have an equal power an equal power government mm-hmm. and if you and as abraham lincoln once said a house divided is a house that cannot stand mm-hmm. it will fall to the ground and that's where we are mm-hmm. right now it's like no and see that's that's why i dig that you know i mean biden was not my first choice i didn't want him to be president at all don't get me wrong you know but at the same time, it's like, well, I will take that because at least he'll handle things from a centrist point of view as he always had over this fascist motherfucker over here because now look where we are, you know, and anyone else could go on saying, you know, what they want about the, you know, about the media or, or that Barack Obama was the worst president we ever had. Well, I'm like, well, I don't remember, you know, losing so many, or watching so many jobs be lost. I don't remember so many people dying. I don't remember wearing a mask. You know, I think you know, it's like people really need to like take a step back here. It's like, guys, I know it's hard to believe, but we are literally living something that we didn't think would end up ever happening again. You know, and these are things that our grandparents warned us with. 
you know, from what they lived. And now, you know, I don't want to ramble on here. Yeah, if it's up, I am. Please stop me. But <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm listening to you because. But uh, you know, it's just. Um, yeah, it's it's amazing how we we have come in the past 200 years. How long has the United States been around for what? 200, 250 around there. Yeah. You know, we've yeah. been around for, that's just, a, that's not very long. No. Right. At all. To, has it been? No. 1776 is when we, we got our independence. So we're, we're 300, we're, what? 350. So, yeah, up in that range. I'm not gonna do my math right now. I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. It's been a long peak, dude. I feel you. So going back to that, mm. man, I think when we think about that and look at all the information that's coming in now, and then look back two thousand years ago where they were carving in the walls and speaking languages that are fairly spoken today, and and you see where we are now. We're we're in a in an age where we can make a change. We can make things happen. And with social media and everything, everyone's a reporter. Everyone gets to point a video. We see the video and we come up with what we feel was wrong and, and what, what has been done wrong. And that's amazing. And, and to say like we're right or wrong, we don't know. We don't know. We're just, we're trying to follow what our ancestors taught us and we're trying to see what's look at because I'm I'm conservative in some areas and I'm liberal in some areas. And I think people sure. are, are struggling to get to that point. They're going, No, you're wrong. Being a Catholic or a Christian and living that life, that's the way, and that is it. But yet those same people are, are hiding in their homes watching CNN. When they said when they talked about in the Bible, watch what you what you put up in your mantle. Because they're always putting up in the mantle meant to worship, to look at and now look at now they sit at the TV on the floor, they have the TVs on the wall. You hang your big old TV in the wall, you come home, you sit on your couch and you look up at the TV. You're looking up at that mantle and you're worshiping that TV. And these and these are some of the same people that talk about how how to live. Yeah, you know, and um you know, the funny thing is, I actually, um, I was going to talk about this on, uh, on my podcast uh, tomorrow, but I'll actually uh, shoot it your way. Um, you know, okay, because, you know, you and I, because, um, uh, I mean, you, uh, well, actually, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to assume, uh, I'm not going to assume anything, but <laughs> I have a lot of friends, um, you know, who, uh, who are still, you know, they're still in gangs and all that. My, mm -hmm. my wife's side of the family, I mean, they're, they're in gangs and everything, you know, and if it's one thing about, um, one thing about uh, a gang-like mentality is that, um, you know, a lot of people don't understand that um, you know, it works in many different ways. When we hear, when we hear like, oh, you're in a gang, you automatically think, you know, guns, knives, stabbings, killings, murders, you know, drive-bys. That's the first thing that comes to your mind. But if there's one thing that gangs have almost down to the core related to people who, you know, of the real world, when it comes to politics is that when you choose side you inherit all that beef that mm -hmm. that side has had for hundreds of years and i mean and it's the same thing whether you're blue or red it's the same thing you develop that gang-like mentality you know and of course if you're in you know if you're in you know the penitentiary and all that and you you know you claim to be neutral 
what's going to happen? You're going to have multiple sides come at you saying, hey, hey, no, you need protection. Get on this side. We're on the right side. No, come on. On this side, we're on the right side. It's the same thing in society when it comes to politics. You know, and see, and that's why that's why I've always been a centrist because like, dude, I was in the pen. It's like, yeah, I would most likely just be the one like, nope, I'm here doing my time. I just want to get out of here. You know, other than that, it's like, if I got sucked in, it's like, oh, shit, what's up, Woods? You know, but, <laughs> but, you know, but, but that's how it is. That's how it is in normal society. And people don't understand that. When they start to understand that, that's when we can have a good conversation, you know, but in, but going back to what you're saying, you know, this is why news, you know, back in the days was like actually very mellow and what one because it was in black and white uh, many of my friends who who don't understand the way colors work and how how the human mind can be turned on but most people if you like how i was saying uh how i was telling you about walter cronkite okay if you were to show walter cronkite's interviews in the original form in black and white your brain would be set to a mellow mode mm -hmm. and if you want to test that theory you can literally watch your podcast you're doing right now and set your phone to mellow and it'll go on to literally black and white so you won't be as addicted to being like, oh, here, what's on Facebook? What's on Instagram? You'll instantaneously just not have an interest to it. But then when you have colors Night added mode. to it, if you put it, yeah, you know, but, but if you put on a color, you know, color to, um, to Walter Cronkite, then your brain's going to boost up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And that's when, you know, that's when the human's going to start asking a lot more questions. Like, wait a minute, wait, but what, what did he just say about the JFK assassination? Where, 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 where were they running? You know, so that's the thing. Like your brain gets turned on colors these hey, days. Ultra. I mean, dude, look what we have now. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, I can go, you know, I can go you know, almost meet you halfway where it's like, yeah, yeah we're yeah. in the matrix. I mean, it's like, dude, the matrix, you know, shit, you know. But yeah, colors will do will do things to a brain that could actually distract you from what's actually more important, and it doesn't help, you know, that you know this is <laughs> it's a lot more easier to brainwash people these days. I mean, dude, for God's sakes, there's a documentary about it in. um uh, on Netflix, I believe, on Silicon Valley, and how they actually talked about using bright colors and bright images to actually suck people in. Yellows, yellows, reds, bright greens, bright blues, oranges, bright colors attract the human mind and, and it gets them excited and you want to see more and you want to do more. You set it to a black and white, you're going to be standing still. It's like, well, why do I want to look at this? Mm -hmm. You know, but yeah, they're saying over there in Silicon Valley, they're using the, the DMT drip and they're just they're mm. just into the other dimension for hours at a time. And they're making they're following the owls. And what they're doing is they're making maps and they're they're in the other world, like uh, Stranger Things. Right. Remember the upside down world? They're in there mm. and they're drawing maps and they're already exploring. I mean, that's that's non-informative. I, I can't say it's true or not, but from my resources or something, um, there's some crazy shit that goes I, over there. Because look at the technology that's coming out within the past Let's just say past 10 years. I have done DMT many, um, many times uh, when I, um, I won't say what country I went to <laughs> because uh, just, you know, because as the people are listening, it's like, this was not done in the United States. This was done elsewhere because, you know, it is illegal over here. But, um, but the thing is that dude, there's a reason why they don't want DMT to be legal. And it's because, you're free. I mean, you can't even describe, I mean, I can barely, I can describe maybe the shapes and, sh and shit that I saw, but dude, your mind, your mind goes to a place to where 
my PTSD, my depression, my ADHD is evaporated for like a month, just a mm. month of pure, just pure emotional bliss. Mm -hmm. And if they even are doing that over there, it sure as hell would not surprise me, mm. but I would like to think their intentions could be a lot better because dude, DMT, I mean, the shaman who I did this with, even he said, if the world were to take DMT, every single man, woman, child, if everyone were to take DMT all at once around the world at the same time, the world would never be the same. It would be far more peaceful, far more creative, far more, uh, uh, far, people would be far more extroverted. They'd be more comfortable with themselves. They would be, they would have, you know, a lot, you know, the depression would almost be non-existent. I mean, dude, it's just, it's something i mean dude it comes from a plant i mean if there is a god i mean there's something there you know because i mean hell there is um in the book of moses uh where they talk about the burning bush i don't remember the exact name of that bush but um but archaeologists actually discovered um uh i, I can't remember the exact um name uh for the archaeologists that discovered this it's one who works with plants but um they found out that specific plant is actually in with DMT. And the thing is, I um, feel that a lot of biblical passages when it came to extreme events or fires in the sky or God splitting or Moses splitting the waters, they all actually think, you know, are thinking and uh, um, metaphorically you know, theories behind. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, well, no, no, not metaphorically. They just, they have, a, um, they have, a they're high. That, um, the people that, yeah, yeah, you know, and that they were just, and these are the things that they saw when, uh, when now all fucked up. The crazy thing is that with, yeah, but well, see, but the crazy thing is though with DMT, every single person has the exact same trip. That's what's crazy, you know, because the people who I did it with, everyone tripped the exact same way, and it only lasted fifteen minutes because we smoked it. We didn't, you know, drink it, you know. So like, why you smoked it? Everyone had the exact same trip. It was, it was, it's uh, DMT is the main component in ayahuasca. Ayahuasca, yeah. Um, yeah, that's uh, so when you drink it, yeah. So when you drink ayahuasca, um, that's the main component that makes you hallucinate. But due to me, it just it rewires your brain. I mean, oh my god, yeah. I mean, I, it's just it's unreal, man. I, I wish more people would experience it because it's you know from what from what I suffer mentally, it. If for a month and a half, I mean, God, I didn't drink. I didn't have night terrors. My depression was gone. My ADHD was gone. I was able to think more clear and not rambling. I was actually catching my tongue before speaking. You know, I mean, it's just, mm -hmm. it's just amazing. You know, I, mean, I, I, and I wish I could, I wish I could describe it, but it's hard, you know, unless you've done it. But yeah, I mean, just to get my little, my little thing on there about that. It's like, yeah, dude, it's, it's beautiful. It really is beautiful. Yeah, I was you know, it's, it's a shame. It's really a shame that it's not up here. That was going to be my next option if I couldn't have got off of uh, pills was seeking some type of ayahuasca journey that like go down to Peru and mm -hmm. meet a shaman and go through the whole process because it, it's the hardest thing you, you go through. You go through the physical part, which is OK. It's two weeks, maybe a month of pain, not be able to sleep. I mean, you name it, COVID times a million. And then once you feel better, 
you're still not going to be able to sleep. You're talking about two years of re redoing your brain chemistry and rewiring everything from abusing yourself with drugs, not just yeah. pills, but everything else, Xanax, SS, what, SSRIs, or what are they called? The uh, Prozacs. Um, then you got, oh, your, yeah. got the, heart, mm -hmm. the other hard drugs, everything. You're going to pay to play. That's how we say it. you want to play, you're going to pay. And it, you're, you're talking about depression. Once you get through it all, all that bullshit, then you can deal with depression because now you're not used mm -hmm. to getting high anymore. Now you got to find something else to, to do to, to, to get those endorphins up. So you get those serotonin levels up. And that was my last option. Dopamine levels too. Yeah. 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 Being able to sleep. No, that's melatonin. Huh? Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, but you know what I mean? Yeah. So melatonin puts you to sleep. Yeah. They, but they, didn't they just legalize it in Washington now? They legalized. Uh, what was they the... legalized everything? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Everything up there, apparently. I'm like, oh, dude, if that's the case, what is up? I am going to bust a road trip. I got a vacation fucking next week, homie. So what do you yeah, see? But... What do you see what's going on for next year? 2021 well what what does it hold because i'm gonna start asking questions like these because i know you you your podcast is about politics and I, I definitely enjoy this time i'm having with you to be able to pick at your brain so tell us a oh, little bit about you. what can you see for 2021 you know with with the politics with with the transition coming you know donald trump on, on alternate media they're saying donald trump's so he's still in it they got these machines. Check this out. These machines, I forgot what they're called, but they're from a company that, and they're saying this this machine, uh, they were able to break into the software and change it to whatever votes Donald Trump got. Say Donald Trump got a vote, Biden would get three. And that's why we had so many votes this time around, which was a, a record breaker. The bomb, I don't know if you watch the news, but there was an RV that parked in front of some, Supposedly in front of an ATT. Yeah, I, I just saw that. And the yeah. ATT building actually is in charge, or they're they're incoherent with the machines that we're trying to vet the, the rights trying to investigate for being fraud and, and cheating. So all that information is was stored in that ATT building. Did you hear anything about that? I haven't caught up on that one, so I really can't comment on that one just yet. Um uh, plus, I haven't checked my sources on that one. Uh, however, I'll try. I'll try to make this. Um, I'll try to simplify this uh, the best that I can. But pretty much what I see for 2021 is simply this: because I mean, Trump right now is doing pretty much every single thing that he can to sabotage anything that Biden wants to do, has plans uh, to do because he wants to make Biden look like a shit president. And the problem with that is that, you know, there's people that uh, Trump put in, um, in, in certain parts of the government, one of them being the Pentagon, um, but he put certain people, uh, or sorry, in the mail service too, with Louis DeJoy, but there, uh, there's numerous people who've been put in positions that actually cannot be taken out of those positions and not even by executive order from Biden. So they're going to be staying in those positions just to make Biden's life a living hell. And of course, you know, the Trump or, you know, the, you know, the Trump sycophants or psychophants, as I call them, um, 
you know, they're, they're pretty much just going to be looking at everything and be like, oh, you see, see Biden, see, he's doing a shit job. And duh, duh, duh. it's like, guys, every, all the information is right here in front of you. Trump is sabotaging every single thing that he fucking can to make Biden's life harder, which only makes it harder for us. I mean, he's literally in that, Trump is literally in that situation right now where, you know, the ex-girlfriend or the ex-boyfriend is saying, you know what, if I can't have you, no one can have you then. And that's what he's doing. He's, he's just, he's, he's just burning shit to the fucking ground. And the worst part is for Biden is that, you know, there are certain people in, in administration uh, positions that he can't get rid of and they're Trump sycophants. So, you know, um, but the thing is, is that um, it's going to be a rough year for Biden, but there are many things that he can sign executively. One of them being, uh, uh, being for student loan debt. You know, I mean, that should be like one of the first ones there, you know, I mean, other than, well, not that I shouldn't say the first one there, but that should definitely be, you know, in the top things, you know, to actually help the people with, because, you know, for how much shit we've been through, I think we're kind of owed that at this point, you know, mm -hmm. but um, no, I mean, it's going to be a rough year. I mean, it, there, there ain't no doubt about it. There's going to be a rough year. Does anyone remember like the, the color of red and what party that stood for back in the Soviet Russia days? Mm -hmm. I do believe it was the Nazis. And what I say on my, um, you on my podcast, well, better dead than red. Yeah, because they were fighting against fucking communist shit. Now, I'm not backing any fascists and what the Nazis were doing, but if the fucking right wants to keep pushing this bullshit and being like, oh, Democrats are communists, like, no, they're fucking not. Like, you guys are the only ones acting like communists while still sporting the goddamn fucking, you know, while sporting the fucking colors. You know, and I mean, you can go down, you know, uh, I mean, I'm not going to go off on a tangent. I tend to do no, that. No, you're but good. No, you're 2021, good. But, but, but 2021, bro, it's going to be rough. It's going to be difficult. It's going to suck. But we all need to learn to come together because, you know, even my wife actually gave a great analogy of this. When 9-11 happened, what, what did we all do? We all came together. We all came together as one. And our families, you know, we're looking at the people, at our, our friends and our cousins and mm. brothers and sisters are saying, you know what? It's time for you to do what your grandparents did a long time ago. It's time for you to go fight for this fucking country because you, this is not tolerated. They sent their kids off to war only to go to a war that a Republican fucking called to fucking, you know, to basically end the fucking bullshit that he had against his daddy. You know, or, the, or, the, the, or that Saddam Hussein had against his daddy. He went to war with the fucking country that nothing to fucking do with this whatsoever and even in the reports it found out that there was nothing going on whatsoever that aside who had parents send their kids off to war to go fight for our country when only three when a little bit over three thousand people died from two planes and the pentagon hitting and fucking uh, flight 94 what do we have now those same fuck your mask mandates the fuck are we like that is shit it's like dude that is so fucking weak put the goddamn mask on. It's, it's been crazy to do with communism. It's about personal safety. And if you guys want to, yeah, know, but it's like, dude, if you guys want to talk about personal safety, you guys want to talk about personal responsibility. I'm sorry. The Republicans used to be champions of personal responsibility, but look what happens. You get a bunch of people saying, no, fuck this, fuck that. I want my freedom. Have you not have enough freedom right now? I think you're fine. This is all about taking, you know, this is all about not being selfish and taking care of your neighbors. For those who want to say that they believe in Jesus Christ, but vote for fucking Trump. It's like, dude, if you believe in Jesus, I don't think Jesus would take too kindly to this. Yeah, you. COVID ha has changed me as a as a human being, as a podcaster. And, and that's one thing I do as a, I wanted to be a podcaster is because I want to learn. And a lot of times I want to hear 
my guess of what, oh, what yeah. your opinion is. And it's an amazing thing that going back to technology, we're able, I'm here, I'm growing. And by just okay. listening to you and listening to your, your, your facts and uh, look at, man, we got to tell what we see in front of us and look at a lot of my close friends have started to get COVID. Some of them are coming back to yeah. work in COVID and they're saying it's hell losing 15, 20 pounds. So if you haven't, if mm-hmm. you haven't got it, thank God, because you don't want to get it. There's something out there that's fucking with people. And a lot of people are coming out of it still messed up, still lungs. They can't, one guy needs to use a pap machine or a sleep apnea machine yeah. because he can't breathe properly since COVID. So we could argue if H1N1 was bad, was worse, or we could talk about all, all the other one. That, what was the other one? SARS. We could talk about SARS, those diseases. Yeah. Ebola. Talk, yeah, there's so many diseases out there. And we could argue to say, did we do it right? Did we do it right? Listen, we're never going to get it right. Look at all the diseases that, that wiped America out or wiped other countries out. But we got to work together. We can't sit there and say they're fucking, they were taking us, we're batteries. You know, everyone is going to have their opinion. But in the end, we still have to look out for each other. And hopefully this is a, a, a turning point for people. Oh, yeah. You know, and, you know, and, it's in me, and even just, you know, just to squash everything, you have a bunch of Trumpers, you know, talking about things like that. Um, SARS, e- Ebola, uh, uh, shit, dang day fever, you know, but the most, the, the, uh, or oh God, swine flu. I mean, dude, that's like the, the swine flu and, you know, and all that. It's a, a, a wait. A, oh, my God. I'm getting mixed up here. Well, excuse me. I'm stoned. Either way. Either way. Here's the thing, though. But when, when it comes to the ones who actually want to make comparisons with things like that, this mm. is the one pandemic we have not had since the, since since 1918 with Spanish, you know, with uh, with Spanish influenza. We haven't seen anything like this before. And on top of that, we are actually going through the stages that they that they did back then. Because if you actually look at what we're doing now, is similar to what we did in in 1918, uh, you know, w- with the Spanish flu. People, you know, we were able to get it down to a point where we could almost beat it, but there were so many lives lost. But then people started coming home from the war. What happened? People ran to the streets. People flooded the bars. People flooded the dance rooms. They all started partying. What happened? It hit fucking two times harder and wiped out a vast amount of the population. And that's what we're seeing right now. And it's like, guys, you know, they can make comparisons, you know, you know, even with, you know, Trump, the Republicans, like, well, 6,000 people died, you know, with, um, you know, with, through, from H1N1. It's like, the difference is though, we got it under control. This thing is now under control. And now over 300,000 people have died. That is a vast difference. And, you know, but the thing is, is I tell people on that side who want to do these comparisons and saying, well, if we wear a mask, you know, it, it won't do much and all this shit. It's like, dude, you guys have no right to be stupid in this day and age. You know, I mean, and even for the ones who, oh, but if you wear a mask, you can still get sick. I understand that. I very much understand that. So do the doctors that, you know, my doctor and, and many others. Here's a, here's a good scenario for you. You're st- let's, I'll, I'll give you the, the most extreme scenario. You're standing in front of a field. 36 miles away, a nuclear bomb goes off. Is it better that you stand there in the middle of a field? Or is it better to get behind reinforced concrete 
to shelter you from almost a 500 mile an hour fucking shock wave that can just kill you instantaneously or from or just from the radiation exposure and from the heat blast itself wouldn't it be better to get behind a wall even though when the shock wave hits that wall it could crumble a bit on you and fuck you up yes it really is because if you're not behind that wall you're gonna get blown the fuck away and you're fucking dead same thing right here you don't wear a mask someone coughs in your face what's gonna happen you're most likely gonna get sick you have a mask on and with me, I wear goggles to work every day just because I protect my eyes, you know, because that's been proven now too, that the particles can get in your eyes and still make you sick. Mm-hmm. I double back myself. Someone spit, you know, someone sneezes in my face, boom, it's all gone around my face, not even hitting me. However, it could be on my clothes. It could be on my cheeks. A little bit could get inside. And you know, Hey, if it does, I get sick. But with the certain, but from the studies that have been shown is that if you get a, a vast amount of the virus, in you from someone like if someone sneezes at you directly or you get someone who is really really sick and you get that much of the shit inside of you that determines how much you're going to be sick so, so what I'd about re- the porn industry what are they doing with that are they checking every day i mean because that's a yes. mass amount of exchanging fluids yeah well that's why most um uh most in the porn industry right now i mean you know they're still filming but, you know, here's the thing that I told um, that I told the guests on and to the boys on all the delivery podcast. Um, this has been uh, scientifically proven uh, in the medical field. Uh, if people actually got STD tests, stars do, aid would disappear in seven years. If everyone took the precautions of having safe sex and actually getting tested all the time and whatnot, constantly, and you know, sticking to and sticking to actually sticking to it and not skipping on anything, AIDS would be gone in seven years. For us in the porn industry right now, most of the porn stars have uh, gone to OnlyFans or their own you know personal sites and all. Which I you know I give a lot of praise to OnlyFans in times like this. But um, no, do we? Um, even the porn actors that come on set, they have they have to get tested fourteen days for all tests, STDs, and now for COVID, fourteen days. And if you're good within fourteen days, then you're good for shooting. If not, then they shut everything down. And the last time I think um, AIDS was in uh, the industry was about uh, almost 10 years ago now, I think, or HIV or AIDS was about 10 years ago. But uh, yeah, dude, the porn industry is very, very, you know, very up to date on those type of things, you know, because they, they, the majority, uh, the majority of the, of the, the people, you know, the professionals in the industry, they, you know, they care about the health and all that of their workers but then you get people who are doing the amateur stuff we're just like well do you know anybody who has aids no neither do i you're good you'll have industries like that too and you have to read the fine print on everything because the fine print you're doing so and so scene the fine print could say okay you're guaranteed this much amount this much money but um you can't wear any condoms well if you sign that paper and you don't and you don't read that well now the production falls on you and it's like well i'm not doing that i'm wearing a condom it's like you sign the paperwork. You can't do that. Well, now we're going to sue you. You know, so you got, you know, you got to read, you know, the fine prints and everything that goes. Yeah. So when it comes for shooting, good. When the COVID first happened, did they get, did the porn industry get shut down? The big companies get shut down just like the Hollywood would? Or were they under different types of laws? Were they able to still shoot? Um, that's actually a good question. I um, I would have to get back to you on that one. I haven't checked that. All I do know is that um, the main 
ones in the industry, such as um, oh God, who are the other? Uh, dog fart productions. Um, they're bang um, bros. They're, those are like some of the top ones that still were doing everything. They just um, yeah, bang, uh, bang bros. Yes, yes, bang bros. Also, um, is it there a fan? But what bus? I know is uh, I don't. Dude, that fan bus burned to the ground. That's no the bang bus. The bang bus. <laughs> yeah, they uh, uh, th- yeah that that thing burned to the. Yeah, the bang bus. Yeah, they uh, no, they burned that thing to the ground, dude. Uh, I I forget the reason why, but yeah, they uh, that thing caught fire, so they don't even use that one anymore. <laughs> uh, I like reading but, uh, different titles. But, uh, uh, as far as I know, they 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 uh, shut down. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. As far as I know, they they shut it down briefly, but um, no, I mean they're they're back to work. Um, but you know they're definitely more cautious now, and you know, but they've always been cautious with the way they test their, uh, you know, their models and all that. So. Yeah, I mean, so far I've been, I haven't really seen, um, I haven't really seen much, you know, in the porn industry of where, uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, actors or uh, all the talents are falling victim to anything. So yeah, I mean, so mm-hmm. far it's so good, but, uh, most people have gone to only fans and that helps out, definitely helps out a lot during quarantine. What do you think about, uh, fans only? You think that's the new, the new age, you know, people being independent and being entrepreneurs or, and is that like affecting the porn industry? Yeah. Uh, no, uh, OnlyFans. Uh, yeah, it's uh, OnlyFans.com. Yeah, I think that's def. I mean, it's it's definitely new, so only time will tell. Um, from what I've seen in the amateur world, uh, it, um, for the ones who don't keep up, um, don't keep like you know constantly putting out new material, and uh, you know stuff like that. It kind of it, it affects them. You know, and um, I think that's the main ones that are being affected right now. But the ones who are smart, you know, like uh, my, you know, my wife, uh, she, you know, she made an OnlyFans page because, you know, I mean, the woman makes money while she sleeps now, you know, and she can do everything from the you know, comforts of her own home. Of course, you know, everyone, you know, it's like, um, you know, actually, uh, someone actually said it better. Um, consider OnlyFans um, the quarantine version of a strip club. You're paying the um you're paying the model the door fee 20 bucks whatever it may be you get into the door and you can like everything all you want to but if you want anything personal you want a lap dance you know you want a video dude you got to tip them you got to pay them you know and that's how they make their extra money you know so kind of think of like OnlyFans is like um like the new quarantine type of like strip club is it the best way i would look at it because uh, the mainstream porn industry it's not ever going to go away i mean there's two industries that will never die ever no matter how bad the economy gets that's porn and that's being a mortician though and i mean those two alone will never will never go out i'm sure you know? the so, i'm sure the poor numbers have gone up since but, uh, the pandemic yeah, no, but other than that oh they have you no know, they definitely have I, I see a lot of new models um out there these days you know but um, yeah no it's it's definitely gone up more because you know it's the quickest way to make money and you know if you're you're confident enough. You're good at it. I mean, shit, you can make bank. Yeah, it's crazy. I know some people that know people that do fans, only fans, and they make some really good money. But with that type of industry comes a lot of responsibility when you make all that money. And one thing is drugs, drugs mm-hmm. in, in the industry like that. And I've seen a lot of people abuse it while live, uh, living oh, yeah. that type of lifestyle how how big is it i mean well i mean the biggest thing is actually uh but you know of course viagra but there's also another drug um that they use that i i for the life of me cannot pronounce 
but um, it's a drug that they actually they shoot up into their dicks, like uh, into the main vein. They shoot Damn. it up into their dicks. Viagra so they doesn't get work aroused. for me. But the problem is with doing that. But the problem is, yeah, you know, and, and not for everybody, believe it or not, you know. But um, but you know, but, uh, but yeah, but that's the thing though is that when they do that, it actually prevents them from getting a natural erection. So I mean, it's you know because you get you're going to get male talents who are going to want to bang, you know, who bang girls that they're not attracted to, you know, and, um, fluffing, I'm sure people know who fluffers are. Those don't exist in the industry anymore, mm-hmm. you know? So that's not a thing, you know, it, it's pretty, it's pretty much the male talent doing what he's got to do. Or if he has someone on set, that could be his own personal fluffer. That that's one. So they're injecting thing, shit into the main you know, vein the, in your uh, dick. The female, there are some, yeah. Yeah, not not all of them, but there's, what kind of drug a, is it? There's, there's a slight percentage of them that do that, you know. And these are, I don't know. I mean, it it is for erectile dysfunction. I just don't know the name of it. Like that's the only thing I can't remember the damn name of it. But it's um, it's uh, it's uh, supposedly to be about like five or seven times more powerful powerful than Viagra. <sighs> but um, yeah, the only problem is that that one actually causes erectile dysfunction in the future whereas viagra actually helps with erectile dysfunction well a lot of uh did you hear about that billionaire that he was trying he went into surgery to try to make his dick bigger and ended up dying he died on the table yeah it was a billionaire he was trying to get his dick reconstructed to make it bigger and he didn't make it he died on the table and he was a billionaire fuck well, I guess the billion-dollar question would be, uh, what happened? <laughs> yeah, well, they fucked up. He, they're, I don't know. He just died on the table when they were doing the surgery. I guess imagine, like, just the, me- the medical personnel, like, oh, dick, fool. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> One question I want to ask is, yep. I'm sure a lot of people don't want to ask this question. Maybe you, you might know, when you're watching porn and the guy's always circumcised, how come they don't have porns with guys – not circumcised is it a as a cleansiness thing or, or what is it some people say it's because the jews own the porn industry and it's you know the oh, way god i don't know man <laughs> <laughs> yeah no um no uh, well to, 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 first of all i understand where circumcision came from uh it did come from uh the ancient egyptian era and it was actually done in a ceremony of fashion so being circumcised and it's the same in um uh, you know, in, in, um, in the Jewish religion, uh, circumcision is to basically, it's just a ceremony of fashion. So you could actually see what the dick really looks like. Turns out, uh, I, well, I'll get to that part later, but no, uh, in, in the porn industry, um, as far as I know, I mean, there's, there's not um, nothing like that I've ever heard. It's um, just that most of the viewers would rather see, um, would just rather see a circumcised dick. Though there are some, uh, there are some also, I mean, because you don't do, uh, here's the funny thing, because, you know, this is like the best way I could, you know, uh, explain this, because a lot of people, it's, it's, well, mainly males, okay, this is where it kind of gets, where it gets a little bit difficult for males to explain why they like porn, okay, so I'll just be the one to explain why I like porn, and which is why the main reason why many like porn, Ron White, great comedian from Texas, he once met a porn star, and he and he uh, he said to him, he's like, um, he's like, yes, do you do porn? You know, so how many girls do you do? He's like, he's like, oh, you know, so and so amount. Da, 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 da. He's like, dude, but I make bank. You know, I do gay porn, man. 
you know, it's like, I mean, you, you have no idea, you know I mean? I get, I'm not even gay. It's like, <laughs> you're gayer than me, dude. <laughs> you're gayer than me. Mm-hmm. But Ron White t- took that joke and he get, and he told his friend, because his friend was a bit, a big time porn person. Mm-hmm. He was, he was just, he loved watching it just, you know, almost compulsively. Mm-hmm. And Ron White, you know, said, you know, said to him, he's like, he's like, Hey dude, you know, it's like, you know, was it, his, his friend asked him, was like, um, you know, you know, he was, he was telling this to, or uh, the story about the, the porn star he met, he was telling his friend uh-huh. and um, his friend was like, man, that's just fucking gay. He's like, no, dude. It, he's like, it's not gay. Okay. It's not gay. Look, we're all gay. It's just the type of level of gay that you're on. Mm-hmm. And the guy was like, I'm not fucking gay. What the fuck are you talking about, man? You know, I watch <laughs> fucking porn. You know, I, you know, I'm married, dude. He's like, okay. He's like, okay, I'll prove it to you that, that you have a little slight bit of gayness in you. He's like, okay, fine. Prove it. He's like, okay, you obviously watch porn. He's like, yes, of course. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, do you want to see a girl get banged with like a half flashing penis? It's like, no, nah, man, I like hard throbbing cock. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's but but it's but it's fucking true. It's like, no, dude, when I watch a girl, like, dude, but when I watch a girl get fucked, I don't want I don't want to see small dicks. I don't want to see condoms. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I mean, for me, I don't care if the dick is circumcised. I don't care if it or yes or no i don't care i just want to see a big fucking dong banging a fucking you know medium-sized small chick or a big thick chick i just want to see a big dong just fucking the hell out of that girl that's just the way it is you know and anyone else who would want to talk about it it's like that sounds gay it's like dude have a preference for like you love certain movies at a certain you know even though the actor does like you know you know like fucking like you know story time shit for disney it's like no dude it's like it's the same here it's like no i want to watch a chick get fucking banged like a massive ass dong Give me a fucking, you know, big black dick for all I care. Yo, black.com, shout out. You know yeah. I mean? Dude, that, I mean, that's like one of like the best sites if you want to see actually like interracial. Yeah, if you want to see like good interracial type porn, black.com, go there. I mean, even the New York Times fucking praise them for how good their quality is. And, you know, and it's like watching a movie, dude. That's just the whole thing, dude. You know, like, I mean, dude, I, I like watching tranny porn. Yo, I love watching actually like tranny <laughs> men fucking banging, you know, regular girls. Like I love watching that shit. You know, dude, straight up, dude, shit's dicks. fucking hot. Um, I mean, dude, I got preferences. You know, but yeah, yeah, you know, shit, fucking, why not? You know, but yeah, but when it comes down to the the conspiracy theory about thing, it's like uncircumcised, you know, dicks, and you know, like to see regular, you know, dicks that have been circumcised. I'm one of those people. Nothing to do with like this Jewish conspiracy nonsense so i don't know who said that but that's pretty funny and, you know and for anyone who's just like all oh, the jews run the world it's like well if they did it seems like a pretty cool place i'm like i ain't got no problem with it <laughs> i'm like assalamu alaikum motherfuckers like goddamn. <laughs> yeah it's uh it's crazy to uh be in a world where people are still being judged because in in any sense scenario you can be judged and I'm honored to have you on the show, man. It, it's it's how long have we been going for? Hey, almost an uh, hour and a half. Almost. Oh, we're already an Who hour cares? and a half in. Good time. Keep going shit. if you want. <laughs> oh shit! Hey, bro, keep going. I ain't got nothing to do tomorrow. No, that's cool. And my, and my lady's actually asleep right now. She's on a nighttime schedule. Oh, she's on a nighttime schedule. Yeah, so tell the audience a little bit more about you, man. Yeah. Tell, tell them where, where where you come from and stuff like that. All right. Well, well, before before I actually uh, tell the story of, or of how uh, she got into the industry, um, uh, she uh, you can find um, you can find my wife on Pornhub.com. Kiki K I K K I J A Y 
You can also find her on uh, OnlyFans.com. Uh, you can find her on Instagram. I mean, you can pretty much Google her name and she'll pop right up. You know, it's a top 800 on uh, porn. But that's the only mistake I made with the other um, on the other podcast. I didn't get out uh, get out her information. But yeah, it's Kiki J K A or K I K K I J A Y. But uh, yeah, so the story goes, her um, her sister uh, got into the foot fetish industry, and um, her sister hit up. Uh, hit up my wife and uh you know she said hey you know i'm gonna go to a, a foot fetish party and my wife's like what's that she's like basically you get paid to have guys like kiss and fucking massage your feet and my wife's like fuck it i'm down why not so she went what? and uh, uh i i went with her you know just yeah so i just i went with her and uh just as you know security and dude it was crazy like, it was it was literally just like a bunch of al bundies who were actually not misogynistic like they're just like oh my god please may i may I massage your feet can i can i put the shoe on you uh can you walk on my face can you step on my back can you kick me in the face as hard as you can with your foot Damn. i mean just straight like you know you know whether it be like you know loving or kind of hardcore or just uh like shit just, on my chest uh, foot mutilation and shit <laughs> uh not that far that that would be in the scat uh, that would be in the scat porn uh territory so nothing, nothing like that but um but yeah dude but these guys just like yeah you know they they just want to like touch her you know touch her feet and just kiss her feet and that was it anything above the ankle was considered you know off limits so my wife started doing that for a bit and then uh she came in contact with uh two other guys who uh, were just into uh humiliation like they loved like when my wife would um you know she would look at them and be like oh here do you want a sandwich and she would throw the sandwich on the floor and step on it then feed it to them or kicking them in the fucking face until they bled or using them as human ashtrays to where she would be smoking with her sister and just like making like, you know, looking down like, Oh, look at this fucking little pig right here. Like, Oh, he's such a good ashtray. And they would just be ashing on his tongue the entire time. And then the finishing scene, they would, um, they would burn his tongue with the cigarettes and then he would just swallow the, um, the ashes. And then, you know, in the end, it's just like, Oh, what a good little piggy. Like what a good little ashtray. Yeah, he pays a thousand bucks for that shit. treatment. You know, then, yo, so it went from oh, d- dude, he he paid a good amount. Um, <laughs> yeah, my wife got paid. Uh, did she even did a human trampoline on this guy? She basically just jumped on his fucking back and her uh, <laughs> on his back and on his belly for minutes, and he loved it, dude. But the best one, the best one she got, man, the best one. This guy was into ball busting, and this guy had a fucking you know like a small dick and everything and all that, but he would stuff his pants with socks mm-hmm. and he, and he told my lady, he's like, Hey, I'll pay you $300 plus an additional 50 bucks. If your husband records this and she's like, make an additional 50 and I'll wear whatever type of outfit you want. He's like fucking done. Pays 400 Damn. bucks, 400 bucks dresses all. And just, and dude, I'm fucking, dude, dude, I wouldn't even want to get into a fight with this guy. Cause I would fucking lose. That's how hard she was kicking this guy. Socks, like socks, just guarding his balls. Mm-hmm. And just kept kicking. Fucking made 400 bucks off that. But started from there, uh, Her, uh, my sister-in-law, she was doing cam work with uh, one of her friends. It was lesbian cam work. She had to quit. So she got her, so she got my wife in contact with um, the chick she was working with. She's like, hey, you know, you guys are acquaintances. You know, she's looking for another actress to work with. My wife was like, okay, fucking cool. They went and they were actually, uh, were not able to film because, um, the uh the actress that my wife was going to work with actually had a fan uh find out where she lived 
And so she had to just completely just disconnect everything and stop doing everything. So my wife from there um, basically got her own computer, got her own cam. And she said, hey, do you mind if I actually just, you know, start doing webcamming? You know, we're, we're not monogamous or anything. So I was like, yeah, dude, fucking mm-hmm. dude, you're fucking beautiful as fuck. I know you can make fucking money off your fucking ass and tits. Like fucking go for it. Mm-hmm. You know, so my wife's like, okay, cool. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this. So she gets in the webcamming industry. And then um, uh, she, you know, she decides, you know, one day like, hey, you know what? Uh, uh, she had told me like, hey, you know, we've been, you know, pretty much been, you know, not monogamous. We've always been like, you know, intimate with girls. Do you mind, you know, I really want to be intimate with a guy. I'm like, well, shit, you know, you know, you've already given me this much freedom and all that. I'm like, I don't, I don't think I really have a right to say no because, uh, yeah, why not? You know, and plus it's also been a fantasy of mine to watch my wife like actually get fucked by another guy. So it's I was call, like, it's common what? around some people. Fuck I, yeah, I, let's do this the first shit. I I watch. Yeah, you know, so um, yeah, so she ends up banging this guy and all that, and uh, it kind of just went from there. And she uh, she did webcamming and or kept doing webcamming. Then her and I were making content, and then she was like, you know what, I'm gonna make uh, a comment saying, hey, we want to meet see someone else other than your husband's dick. And she was like, well, you know, what? I actually have another person over here who's actually a photographer and a videographer. You know, how about uh, I do some work with him? Like, fucking cool. Go ahead and do it. And I remember the first video shoot I took her to, that uh, was when I was doing Saturday delivery. So I dropped her off, did my route. And by the time I was done, she was like, okay, I'm actually, oh, yeah, we're all done. You know, so you can come pick me up. We'll go out to lunch and he's going to do the editing, all that stuff. And uh, yeah, dude, that, that, um, that video made a pretty good killing. And I just started just going from there. So she worked with him, then uh, worked with uh, the bass player of my band, Fatal Prophecy. And, uh, you know, yeah, just, uh, and she worked with another female uh, talent for uh, one video. Uh, that one's still a fucking hot video. I, I love that one. That's on her OnlyFans page if you guys want to see that. Um, but uh, yeah, it just kept going from there. She kept putting out content and um, kept putting out uh, pictures and everything and um, uh, got herself more involved in social media. Tick, uh, she's big on TikTok. She's getting bigger on TikTok. She's up to almost uh, uh, 25,000 followers. So um, yeah, I mean, she's made a name for herself in the in the past six years that she's been doing everything. And um yeah, it's been going strong. Uh, the only thing is right now is uh, just uh, just playing it safe with the other uh, actors and all that. You know, where she's just doing her own stuff from home again, and me and her uh, are filming content. So, uh, but yeah, I mean that's uh, roughly pretty much like how she got started and where she is now. And now she's uh, yeah, on the top eight hundred on Pornhub, and uh, yeah, she's kicking ass. I mean, even uh, even Bang Bros actually offered um, uh, offered her seven thousand uh, dollars for uh, some of our content. But uh, I I can't remember the exact reason why um, it it didn't went through. I think there there's something going on with the uh, contract papers that they I uh, want her to sign. But either way, I mean, yo, know, she's been noticed by some uh, some pretty decently big companies, and yeah, it's uh it's been awesome. You know, I, I love watching. I just love watching her grow. You know, I mean, just and just seeing where she's going, and you know, I couldn't be more proud of her. How long have you guys been married for? Been together uh, nine years, and uh, as of Halloween of this year, we've been married for six. That's cool, man. You guys look like you got a healthy relationship. I don't know what I would do if my lady was in the porn industry. I'd probably fuck all the girls that she was with, too. I'd probably be out of control, man. But you seem to hold yourself together. Man. That's, that's really good. Get you at my studio as soon as you feel safe with the COVID. Look at man. It was an honor to have you on this podcast. It was it was it was great, man. But I want you in the studio, dude. I want you right here talking and and hanging out the the quality me be, being a podcaster is all about quality and a lot of stuff you were saying was broken up a bit but i Absolutely. let you i let you continue on and i knew there was a, a staggered time when i would talk 
But look at man, I'm gonna book you soon. I'm gonna post this podcast just because I want people. There's still a lot of good places where you were well heard. But uh, once again, I want to thank you on the show, man. You, it was great to to meet someone and 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 being able to hang out and do something, you know. Besides arguing, you know, we we, we had a conversation and and I enjoyed the conversation and I'm gonna enjoy it again. I, I met a new friend today, man. So tell the people once again where they can get a hold Absolutely. of you. All right, so if you guys uh, want to get a hold of me, you can find me on Instagram at, uh, at Porno Parcel. Uh, if you guys want to check out my uh, podcast, look up uh, the Eat the Rich podcast hosted by RJ Ryan. And if you want to find me on Twitter, you can find me at um, RJ Ryan 4. That's RJ Ryan at, or sorry, RJ Ryan, the number four. If you guys want to find my uh, wife's work, um, you can literally just do her. Uh, if you want to find it directly, just go to porn.com and look up Kiki J, K-I-K-K-I-J-A-Y. And of course, if you guys want to check out my band, uh, the band is Fatal Prophecy. You can find us uh, on Instagram at Fatal Prophecy. And uh, you can also find us on Facebook. If you want to check us out on Spotify or anywhere you get um, uh, anywhere you get your music from, just uh, search Fatal Prophecy. And uh, yeah, we'll pop right up. Fucking Black Thrash uh, Metal at its, at its finest. Well, once again, brother, I want to thank you for coming on the show. It was an honor. I can't wait to hear from you again, man. Once again, happy holidays to you, my listeners from around the world. Thank you so much for tuning in this podcast. Once again, we're going to get through all this and we're going to get back in the studio and get plenty more of you people out there, man, getting on this podcast. Once again, I want to thank my listeners from around the world, my guest today, Porno, and uh, I'll be hearing from you soon.